Welcome back, everyone, to the Bold Choice Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Morrell. It is a beautiful day once again here in Vancouver, BC, on the traditional territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh. This is episode number five, and these first four episodes are 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 something that I'm very proud of. I've worked extremely hard on them, and I've gotten great feedback on all of them, and, and I've always looked for ways to improve. And the big criticism I've kind of gotten for the four episodes isn't necessarily the content. The Everyone's kind of liked the, the different variety of topics I've brought up. The main issue that I have always known, to be honest, is the length of each episode. And I know that a lot of you are in school or, or working and have different things going on, and it's very difficult to kind of dedicate an hour of your time to this. And I understand I'm not, you know making this mandatory for you to listen for the whole hour. Uh, I have different segments, and a lot of those segments are are more special to certain people. And you may not want to sit down for a certain segment because it doesn't pertain to you, and I, I, I realize that. So what I've done, I've gone back to the drawing board, and I've come to the realization and decision that the segments have to be shorter. That's the only way that I can shorten the overall length of each episode. Which in a way hurts me because when I talk about certain topics, I end up talking for a longer period of time. I usually keep a a rough outline of how long each segment should be. And a lot of the time I go way past that. And that's just because I like talking about these topics. And maybe I end up repeating a lot of what I say at the beginning, which I kind of realize when I go through the audio again. But my plan is, at least for this episode and maybe going forward, is to shorten each segment. And maybe certain weeks we may only have two segments instead of the traditional three. It really depends on on what we talk about. I want to get into a lot more serious topics. And a lot of those may end up being a lot longer than I anticipate. And we'll see how this goes. Let me know if there's anything that you you can suggest in terms of the length of each episode or just overall in terms of if any constructive criticism and I'll I'll definitely work on those and I definitely want to improve how I deliver this podcast to you in terms of the content in terms of the delivery I'm working hard on a lot of the behind the scenes stuff like promoting it and putting stuff out there on social media Soon I'll be recording things, not only through audio, but I'll be recording it so you can actually see me talking, um, kind of like how most podcasts do their their stuff. And I'll have those things on YouTube and there'll be a lot of bonus content that I don't get to put into certain episodes because I just run out of time or I just end up cutting it at the last minute. So a lot of that will be happening in the near future. uh, So stay tuned for that. But this episode is a big one. We got the return of Canucks Kingdom. We're going to go a little bit more in-depth in the analysis of the Vancouver Canucks. And if the Canucks and and hockey aren't really your thing, I got another big uh, discussion about things that that matter. So those will be coming up. And you're going to love the bold choice of the week. Uh, A lot of people have been reaching out and saying that they just fast forward to that, which is fine. I I understand. That's kind of the whole purpose of this episode. It is for bold choices and to do things differently. And you're going to like my bold choice of the week. But without further ado, let's get right to it. 
welcome back to the Bullet Choice Podcast. This is Canucks Kingdom, and I have a few news regarding this specific segment. I know last week I was super excited to give a name, um, and as I as excited as I am to call this Canucks Kingdom, I also feel like it just doesn't cover everything hockey-related. You know, it would be naive of me to call this a Canucks segment if I was going to cover other elements of hockey. So I regrouped, um, I discussed it with a few, uh, I guess, future co-hosts of mine, and I've changed the name to the Bold Choice Blue Line, and I think that's more representative of my podcast and of hockey. Um, so it will cover all things Canucks, but also everything that happens in the hockey world, in the NHL, in junior hockey, international hockey, etc., and for this segment, um, there's a lot to talk about, and at the same time, there's not a lot to talk about, because once again, there's been a series of postponements for the Vancouver Canucks, so we haven't had Canucks hockey since New Year's Day, January 1st, a game against Seattle. And we played last night, um, as I record this, this is Wednesday morning, January 12th, so we had a game on Tuesday night against Florida, and... We went into that game with mixed expectations. Of course, we had our our hopes high. We haven't lost in regulation under Bruce Boudreaux, and we knew that we've been playing really well as of late. So we can go into Florida, and we can give the Panthers a tough test. But at the same time, you have to understand that we haven't played a, a game in, what, 10 days. And that kind of catches up with the team, because you can practice every day, as, as much as you want, as hard as you want, but at the same time, if you don't have that important game action, you're kind of behind. And if you look at the final score of last night's game, you can see that we were definitely behind. Um, we had a lot of good things going for us, and, you know, the players did an all-right job, um, given that it is the Florida Panthers, and they are a cup contender. So we lost 5-2, and there's a lot of positives and negatives you can take from this. Obviously, we have another stretch of games that are important. We play the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow, which would be Thursday, which is when this uh, episode would come out. And we play Carolina on Saturday. And those are two tough games. Um, do I see us winning one or both? I, I do. Um, but the same time it will be a test to see just how resilient we are and if we are truly a playoff contender because we've done really well since the beginning of December since we brought in Bruce Boudreaux since we made a series of changes but at the same time we haven't played you know top tier opponents yet maybe you can consider our wins against Boston and Carolina in December as you know top tier teams and they definitely are but at the same time we're going to see exactly how we match up against these teams. Tampa Bay, the defending Stanley Cup champions, they've done a remarkable job um, in creating their team the last few years and, and finding ways to kind of juggle you know, the salary cap issues. And obviously playing against Carolina on Saturday, um, they're a very good team. They're very deep from, from the front end to the back. They're a team that just like Tampa Bay, can easily play for a Stanley Cup. And while I look at this, I obviously see that 
there's potential for us to win these games and to shock, you know, the hockey world. And this kind of goes with the fact that we are a resilient team, a team that's not exactly up there in terms of star level. We have, you know, our franchise pieces in Thatcher Demko as our goalie, Quinn Hughes on defense, Elias Pettersson at forward. And then we have a few, I guess, complementary pieces, Brock Bezier, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, um, and the list goes on. Now, one debate that I've I've seen, you know, in the last few weeks is if this season doesn't amount to what we want it to be, if we don't make the playoffs, where do we go from here? Because our expectations at the beginning of the season were super high. And then we struggled at the beginning and our, we had to shift our expectations a lot lower than we'd like. A lot of us assumed that we wouldn't be making the playoffs because we were doing so poorly. And there definitely is still a chance at us making the playoffs. The Oilers have struggled. Um, and other teams are kind of just going up and down. And not having that consistency that you kind of need at this time of year. The Canucks obviously are on an upward trajectory. But at the same time, is that sustainable for the remainder of the season? So, people have been wondering if we don't make the playoffs. If we, you know finally see that we're not in a playoff uh, position come the trade deadline do we trade our good players do we trade JT Miller do we trade Brock Bezer etc I don't think this is the best idea and if you asked me back in November if we should trade them then I might have given a different opinion because at the time we had nothing to lose if we trade one of our good young forwards we might have got something back. We might have got, you know, a player of similar quality, a player of a similar contract, or even just draft picks and prospects, which helps us in our rebuilding process. Because that's where we were at that point in the season. Now, we're still, you know, a team that's not quite ready yet to contend, but also we're past that point of rebuilding. You know, we're hovering in the middle and we need to take that next step. So, our Arguably, JT Miller is one of our best trade assets because of just how good he is. He's, I believe, top 10 in scoring. That might have changed, um, but he's definitely proven to be a quality player. Now, to remind you, we traded a first-round pick for JT Miller, a 2020 first-round pick, and that came as a surprise because not a lot of people knew who JT Miller was. You know, if you're kind of a casual fan, you know, you may have heard of his name a few times when he was with the Rangers or Tampa Bay, but... We felt that it was a very steep price to pay for someone that would be a second or third line forward. And that has been far from the case because he has been an amazing player for us over these past, I guess, three seasons now. He's been a leader for this team. He's been, you know, a great forward, but also a guy that we can depend on defensively. He kills penalty. He can fight. You know, he, he shows a lot of toughness in his game. And he's a guy that the team really loves to have. So if we trade that kind of player to another team I'd imagine that we would be able to get a good return back we can get a first round pick at least one if we can get two first round picks that's great take it but at the same time you need to realize that he is a guy worth keeping and whether he wants to stay that's you know a whole new scenario I don't know if he's you know in love with the city or the fan base at this point Um, he's a very quiet guy we don't hear a lot from him 
but he's he's definitely stepped up this season. He's been a vocal leader. He's been someone that has spoken to the media about how the team has played, and he's not afraid to show his true colors. And maybe this whole leadership change in December may have changed his opinion. He seems like he's having a lot more fun. He's he's really good with you know the younger guys. I want him to be a part of this core long term. Does he want to stay? I don't know. Maybe that's not necessarily how he feels. We'll find out when his contract is coming up. He has another year left on his deal, and a lot can happen in that year. Same goes for Brock Bezer. He's a guy I think is worth keeping. Yeah, he may not be as dynamic as he was in his rookie year, but he has a great shot, he's a great player, and he has chemistry with a lot of players on the team. You want to keep your young core happy. You want to keep them intact because they are the guys that will help lead this team to a Stanley Cup. It won't necessarily be, you know, the veterans um, that have been in the league for 10-plus years. I, I want to see Bo Horvat lift a Stanley Cup just as much as you want to. I want to see the young guys be rewarded for their experiences. And I'm sure that will come in the next few years. I'm very optimistic that the future is bright for this team. So when you're looking at trade scenarios for this team, you need to balance both things. How does it affect us in the short term and how does it affect us in the long term? Because trading players for picks doesn't always work out. We know how that's impacted this team. We've traded picks for players and it hasn't worked. We've traded players for picks and it also hasn't worked out. So you need to balance both scenarios and see how will this impact this team going forward. You know, does it hurt our chances of winning a Stanley Cup or does it improve them? And... Fans have different you know, opinions on where this team is. A lot of us feel like we're hovering around the middle. Some of us feel like we're one piece away from contending. But some of us feel like we're just not there yet. And call it a season. Cut your losses and get what you can for the players that don't want to be here. Or the players that won't be part of a playoff contending group in a few years' time. And it's definitely a very difficult realization you know, to think that Maybe playoffs aren't in the best interest for this franchise this season. Maybe we're just getting our hopes high. I don't know. I'm really enjoying the way the team has played. It's given us a lot of hope. And for a long time, we were miserable. We were, you know, complaining. And we didn't have a lot going for us as a fan base. And now, with Bruce Boudreau at the helm, we've definitely improved our chances. We've improved the morale of this team, of this organization. And that's something we need going into this new year where we have a lot of games left. We have a lot of opportunities to prove that we are ready to take the next step. And I, I, I certainly hope that there is a playoff run this spring and this summer. So a lot, you know, kind of remains up in the air. Um, and I'll definitely kind of keep track of, of what happens. Obviously, with this next stretch of games will be a good indicator of who we are as a team and... Um, I'm I'm excited to see exactly how this next next stretch of games goes because these are tough tests against tough teams and we need to see exactly if we're ready to hang with them and if we're not what do we need to do to improve to to get to that next step like Carolina has and like Washington has and I'm optimistic for this week I think you know the game against Florida was just you know a, a game that didn't go our way but there's opportunities for us to make up ground in the standings. Edmonton's kind of falling from, you know, the top of the mountain. Things aren't going right for them. They're 
all over the place. And this is our chance to make up ground and to take advantage of teams that are struggling right now. And that's our only way to get into a playoff position. And there's a lot more I can cover. I'll cover how these results go in next week's episode. We'll be back with our next segment. So this is our middle segment of this week's episode, and it's going to be a continuation of what I talked about last week. And for those of you that don't remember or didn't get a chance to listen to it, I talked about the television industry and how it's progressed over time, how it's, you know, had an impact on our lives. And of course, in recent years, we've seen the meteoric rise of of streaming, and a lot more people are watching on on Netflix and on Amazon Prime and all those other kind of streaming networks rather than the traditional TV. And I guess that's a sign of the times, but it's also something that is representative of of where we are in time. And we've had those connections with various TV shows, TV shows that we may have grown with, shows that maybe live on in you know glory and in fame and it also got me thinking when I was looking back on what I talked about I thought about how the television industry has really bought into this trend of revivals and remakes and spin-offs and it's something that doesn't get talked about enough because there's just so many of them but it's also such a difficult concept to understand because we don't exactly know what what they are and of course we often confuse revivals and remakes and spin-offs and there is a dif- uh, a definition for each but they all have differences and they're often kind of mushed together so essentially a revival is a continuity of a original series and contains some original cast members. A reboot can contain the same name and the premise and plot line, but kind of establishes its its own new story and revolves around new characters, which typically are are new cast members. Now, reboot and revivals are often mixed together, which makes it more confusing. Um, recent revivals include Roseanne, uh, Will and Grace, MacGyver. Um, gosh, there's, there's so many out there. Spin-offs are kind of the same, except they kind of branch out into another another world. And spin-offs are typically based on another character like we've seen with the Big Bang Theory. Sheldon Cooper, played by Jim Parsons, was a vital character to the show. And we learn throughout the series that there's a lot about Sheldon that 
he went through a lot as a child. And a lot of people always wondered, you know, what was he like as a child? And this obviously became a TV series, as it's now known as Young Sheldon, who we now know a little bit more about what Sheldon, the adult, was like as a child. And spinoffs are often, you know, a continuation of some sort, but at the same time, it can easily be like a, a prequel to a series. We've seen with, with Blackish. And Tracy Ellis Ross has her own show called Grownish. And we see how her character lived life as a child. And we see a lot more spin-offs about various characters because it gives us another story, a story that maybe we didn't get a chance to understand in the original series. Now, a new, I guess, revival or, or, or reboot that has come out, or at least returning, is Law & Order. And I don't know how many of you have watched Law & Order or the, the spin-off series that have resulted from it, but it was announced early in September that Law & Order was coming back um, more than 12 years after it kind of finished. And NBC is very happy to bring back the original Law & Order that was one of the most dominant primetime sh- dramas in, in America. It had, you know, a, a great impact on a demographic that watches the continuation of Law & Order shows, but it's going to appeal to not only people that watched it back then, but a new generation of people that are interested in crime dramas. And there's definitely a lot of them, of course. Through the spinoffs, there's Law & Order Special Victims Unit, there's Law & Order Organized Crime, and then a whole bunch that, you know, are similar. Um, but this is something that NBC is confident will, will be a success, and I'll definitely give it a check to, to see you know, if it's if it's well worth the wait. Another show that, you know, is a, I guess, a revival is Fuller House. And it's a revival of Full House, the iconic show that a lot of people are talking about for uh, a specific reason that, that happened a few days ago, which I'll get to in a moment. Now, Fuller House has a lot of the original characters. Candace Cameron Bure, Jodie Sweetin has, you know, the same characters that we kind of grew up with. And John Stamos is, is one of the producers and is, has played a, a huge role in, you know, Fuller House. Now, this is on Netflix. And back in 2016, a lot of people were confused as to why we needed a, a Fuller House. You know, we... We lived through the era of Full House in the 80s and 90s where we got what we wanted out of them. And obviously, you know, the Olsen twins really blossomed into their own careers. John Stamos obviously has had a successful career, as have many of the cast members. Um, But the premise of Fuller House follows DJ Tanner, who's a key character from the original series. And... They bring in a lot of the older people um, that we, we came to know and love, like Stephanie, like Kimmy, um, so on and so forth. I've only seen a few uh, episodes here and there. I know that there's 
you know, a few recurring characters like John Stamos playing um, Jesse. And then there's obviously the late Bob Saget who played Danny Tanner. And the show has been a success because it's really gotten the attention of a new generation. I know people that have watched Fuller House that went on to go watch Full House to see exactly, you know, what the connections are between the characters. Because if you watched Fuller House without watching Full House, there's a lot that you wouldn't understand. Obviously, they do their best to kind of inform the characters, or sorry, the audience at least, about who these characters are and what they've been through. But Full House, you know, had a, a legacy that... It's worth admiring because it was one of those shows that you think of when you look at that golden era of TV. That people kind of came together to watch at a certain time, to laugh, to cry, to kind of experience what, you know, the Tanners went through um, in their lives. And I mentioned Bob Saget and he is a remarkable man um, who had quite the legacy in television and in comedy he played obviously Danny Tanner in Full House uh, who's arguably known as you know the one of the best TV dads of all time and he had quite the impact on his cast and we've seen tributes come out from a lot of people who've been on the show after his passing and it's very sad because he was a great man still young 65 um he had a lot of life left in him and it's definitely sad to see him go because he was a part of our childhood i was born in the late 90s so i didn't get a chance obviously to watch full house when it was live but i came to to know and to appreciate the impact it had on on people around that time and whenever i think of shows from you know the 80s and 90s i easily think of full house you know, anytime people go to, you know, San Francisco, they want to visit, you know, the, that neighborhood. And he obviously, you know, wasn't just on Full House. You know, he's also known as one of the greatest uh, hosts of America's Funniest Videos. Um, a show that you can easily consider to be the, the YouTube before YouTube. You know, people sent in their home videos of, of people falling from the roof people who you know had these funny instances that we now see on youtube and it became a show that like full house people came together to watch to appreciate to laugh just to spend time together and we don't see that enough in our our own world you know people don't come together to watch certain shows um and that's something that you know has been important in my family to sit together to to watch different shows whether it be comedy, whether it be drama, whether it be reality TV shows, you know, that's something that has always been important to me and something that I'll try to continue on when I start my own family. But the passing of Bob Saget is, it's definitely sad. It's early in 2022 and already we've suffered, you know, a great loss of Bob Saget. And of course, you know, Betty White, who, who passed away before the end of the year, um, it's it's sad to see, you know, that era of great acting that is that we're that we're losing way too soon, of course, in the in the the passing of Bob Saget and you know, thoughts and condolences go out to his family and friends, everyone who was part of 
Full House and to all the other projects and shows he was a part of. Um, definitely a sad moment there. But in kind of going into a little bit more positivity, there's so much we can grasp from TV and the, the, just the industry as a whole. I've talked about, you know, the progression of, you know, cable TV, you know, watching shows on the big box televisions to now watching TV shows on a screen like our like our phones or iPads. And I've always said this with, with anything that I've re- reflected on in terms of history. It is a sign of the times, you know, it's something that we're starting to know and to to kind of just understand that's the way we live in. Maybe we like watching TV shows all at once on a smaller screen rather than sitting in front of a big TV. A lot of people are just even getting rid of their TVs. There's no need for it now because they have everything they need on their phones or their other devices, you know, and that frees up a little bit more space in the living room for other things. So television and, you know, the history of how it's kind of emerged will always be a part of our lives. You know, I grew up in the late 90s, or sorry, I was born in the late 90s and grew up in the 2000s, and I watched a lot of different TV shows, cartoons and, and other shows like Everybody Hates Chris, Malcolm in the Middle, all shows that are just, you know, so important to us growing up and, and getting those laughs and getting a sense of what life was like in different families and, and in different cultures. And we're going to continue to see that as we continue to watch tv shows you know we watch a lot of shows that are representative of culture and of ways of life and of different eras and and backgrounds and that's kind of the beauty of us watching television is that we're we're able to kind of understand just how important it is for these people whether it be a documentary whether it be animated or not you know television brings us together it gets us thinking about the stories about the characters and if you have any favorite tv shows that you recommend for me definitely let me know i'll check those out i'll do a few nostalgic tv show reviews in the near future possibly next week and i'll have a few bonus um segments going up on the bold choice podcast youtube there's a lot of stuff that i end up cutting out because i run out of time i'm trying to keep the episodes shorter like i've said so I'll try to put out that bonus content out for you guys to, to catch. Um, and hopefully it's something that you enjoy. But that has been my discussion on TV revivals and reboots. We're going to head right to the bullet choice of the week in one second. Welcome back to the Bullet Choice Podcast. This is our third and final segment of this week's episode. And if you've been a part of the last few episodes, you know exactly what time this is. This is the Bullet Choice of the Week. A segment that I feel like a lot of you are starting to like because you like hearing my thoughts on things that are controversial, things that may divide the room. And last week, I kind of talked about something that was brought up to me um, way back when I started this podcast, something that I just didn't really have the the knowledge and 
you know, insight to, to go into right away. And it took me a while to kind of look at what I was going to talk about. And the topic was how social media has a negative influence on our mental health. And it definitely is true. Um, a lot of people have struggled because of social media. Um, and I kind of covered, you know, both perspectives, how it is considered negative at the same way. It's not, I kind of balanced the pros and cons and a lot of people just kind of reached out and, and thanked me for just talking about mental health as a whole. It's, um, it's something that a lot of people don't seem to want to talk about. Um, it's too controversial or taboo of a topic and it's something that's very delicate. You, you can't, you know, make a joke out of it because a lot of people are struggling and I just put it out there that we're all human. We're all going to go through our fair share of adversity, of, of grief, heartbreak, whatever it may be. And I just wanted to say that going into the new year, we all have, you know, a fresh start. Doesn't matter where we are in our lives. Doesn't matter where we are in our our professional lives or, or personal lives. This is a new start for us to kind of make 2022 our year, a year better than any other year we've lived in. And I'll continue to advocate for mental health. Um, I'll talk a lot more about it, you know, in the future, and we'll cover a lot more of those serious topics. For this week, we're going to go into something a little bit more lighthearted in a way, um, something that is really relevant to what we've experienced in the past few weeks, and that is the winter conditions we've had here in BC. And I know it depends on where you live in BC. Um, Northern BC had temperatures of like minus 20, minus 25, around there. And it got really cold, um, as cold as I've ever remembered. I, I don't think it's ever gotten to that point living here in the lower mainland. But also just the amount of snow we've had in December because it's remarkable. Um, we haven't had that much snow in a long, long time. And normally when it snows here in BC, it snows kind of later on, around February or even March. We don't get much snow in December. And of course, to have a white Christmas was amazing. I, I think a lot of people really enjoyed that. A lot of people who are especially new to the country haven't experienced snow. Um, a lot of people really seem to enjoy that and just to get pictures. And I saw a lot of people, um, you know, taking pictures and, and sending videos to their families back home. I remember when I was taking one of my, my final exams on campus uh, towards the end of December, I was walking from the campus and there were a series of international students who were standing there in the snow kind of just tossing around snow and enjoying it and I just kind of stopped and I, I smiled because it's a great feeling to to kind of experience snow for the first time obviously when you see little kids play in the snow it's a great thing and it doesn't matter how old you are doesn't matter how many times you've you've seen snow that first time it snows you kind of get this really warm feeling and I really enjoyed seeing those students kind of experience snow for probably the first time in their lives. And one student, you know, kind of saw me glancing at them and asked if I'd be comfortable taking a picture. And of course, with COVID, a lot of people are hesitant to, you know, take people's phones and to take pictures of them. But I was like, it's fine. I, I had um, no issue taking a video and they just 
told me to take a video of them, you know, throwing snow at each other. And one guy decided to just do some snow angels. And it was really cool to see. And that's something that kind of just lives with me is that you're never too young or old to have fun in the snow. And I'm sure around Christmas time, even though it, it was kind of hectic with the amount of snow and with the really cold conditions, um, I'm sure a lot of people really enjoyed that. And I think as the older you get, you kind of have a different appreciation for the snow. I think the more you drive, the more responsibility you have, you kind of get a little bit more tired of it. Um, that first snowfall, that's great, but it snowed a lot and it continued to snow and it continued to just make things harder and, and worse for people. People had a hard time getting to where they wanted to go because of the really snowy and, and icy conditions on the roads a lot of roads weren't clear for a long time and no matter how many times you know the the city would would clear the snow on the main roads it's the side roads that are really bad because you don't see a lot of people wanting to to do it because if there's a series of 10 12 houses on a side road you know they'll maybe shovel their sidewalk but no one's going to clear the road it's hard for those big um, trucks to kind of clear the snow on those side roads so it's always difficult for for certain drivers to get to where they want to go because of that and another thing I noticed um, now as a slightly more experienced driver is a lot of people don't know how to drive in the snow uh, or in the slush at least because people go extremely fast kind of like they drive in normal conditions as if there was no snow or no rain they drive really fast and then they kind of slide and they swerve and it's dangerous because they can easily hit another car or pedestrian and it's 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 kind of common sense to not go fast in the snow but for some people that's kind of a foreign subject for them that's something that they don't seem to understand they think they can just drive because they have the snow tires or because they've been driving a long time and yet they put a lot of people at risk. And for myself, I like I don't drive often in the snow. I, I drive really slow and I try to make I try to make sure that I'm being as safe as I can. Um putting, you know, obviously people in the car with me as as safely as I can. Um but obviously putting other drivers and other pedestrians uh safely as well and people drive like really close to each other in the snow and I don't understand why because as if a car stops right in front of you I don't think you have enough time or reaction time to kind of just stop because of the snow a lot of brakes don't work properly in the snow if you're coming down a hill I don't understand why you wouldn't you know take your time and go slowly because a lot of people I've seen just slide right down and it's it's scary, you know, and a lot of people maybe aren't familiar with driving the snow or just they just kind of lose that that train of thought when it comes to, you know, taking a a safer approach. And of course, that's like the the driver's point of view. Um people walking in the snow, of course, it's it's difficult at times because it's slippery, you know, people don't know um, how to stay balanced. I've seen a lot of people fall and get up and fall again. And you don't want to laugh at that because that can easily happen to you. 
But at the same time, you know, you, you wonder, you know, when are people going to kind of learn? Um, and then I think the big issue with the snow here in the lower mainland and in BC is transportation. I think that's kind of the big complaint that everybody has when it snows. Because this time around, it didn't just miraculously happen. We knew about the snow. People got the salt ready. They they made sure that they knew what to do in, in these cases. And buses were still not ready to go. You know, and a lot of the buses that we see now are newer buses. And there are a good amount of them that, you know, were able to go their normal routes without any issue but certain buses just couldn't get up those hills they were dropping people off at the bottom of a hill and kind of having them to walk up and it's super dangerous um i i know going up to sfu there's obviously the the routes that go past like burnby mountain and i remember just people being really really scared of taking the bus going up the mountain because you weren't sure if the bus was going to make it. And the fact that if you had to be dropped off halfway through and having to walk the rest of the distance um, in the snow and in the the really bad conditions, of course, in the mornings, it's super dark. Um, Even in the afternoons, once it gets to 4 p.m., it's dark. So a lot of people are really hesitant and really scared of of that, that possibility of having to walk the rest of their trip in the snow to get to where they want to go. For students, it snowed when there were exams and a lot of people ended up being late for exams, ended up, you know, not making it on time or just not making it in general. They just couldn't uh, handle the snow. They had to maybe make uh, an exception for students. Um, and of course, if you know it snows, I like I typically leave early. I think that's something that is obvious, but for buses that that weren't running buses that were delayed a lot of people were late to work late to school sky trains same thing in the morning when the sky trains start running they had to get the snow off the tracks and that caused a lot of people to be late in the morning trying to get to work or school and just transportation as a whole regardless of how long we've known that there was going to be snow they just didn't seem to be prepared and doesn't matter if you find out a week in advance we're always going to find out that transit here in bc is going to struggle that first few days um getting used to the snow that's just something that we got to live with Uh, i don't see that improving anytime soon but you know in summary i really enjoy the snow i don't know if it's going to snow in these next few months i think we're kind of done with the snow we've we've gotten our enjoyment already for the year but it was nice to experience, you know, uh, a new a new form of, of winter and the holidays and the snow. I know typically in Ontario and in the east, even I guess Alberta and across the country, they kind of get that every year. But here in BC, we don't get that white Christmas. So it was nice to experience that for a change and to, to play in the snow and to kind of do things um, a little bit differently this uh this holiday period but that's my kind of bold choice of week that's my opinion on the snow and on winter conditions 
let me know how you feel about the snow. Do you enjoy it? Or have you kind of grown up and, and realized that the snow's not the same anymore as when you were a kid? Let me know if you played in the snow, if you had any issues with transportation in the snow. But that's pretty much my bold choice of the week. Thank you for listening. We'll get right to the outro. All right, this brings us to the end of this week's episode. I just want to thank you for taking time out of your day and week to listen to the episode. I know a lot of us are back at school and back to work. Our holiday vacation is has sadly come to an end, but life goes on. And um, I appreciate you know all your love and support throughout all of this. It's, it's hard to believe that when I first started my first episode, this was around the time that exams were starting up. So I've managed to put out now, I guess, five episodes before I've even returned to in-person classes, which is somewhat entertaining and funny. But um, I realize, you know, as the semester goes on, I, I will get more busy. And that's something that I will have to take into consideration when I record and put out the episodes. So I may end up doing a lot of pre-recording and just putting them into various episodes if the, if it works out. I'll I'll keep you updated on that front, but if you have any suggestions, let me know on what you want to hear, what I can do better to improve the episodes. I know length was an issue and that's something that I'll definitely keep in mind for future episodes. I'll try to keep it within an hour and I think this episode may end up coming to around 50 minutes, so that's definitely um a good start, but let me know what you want, what you think. Don't, you know, feel like you, you have to hide it from me or don't feel like I'll get mad at you. Um, I want to make this as good as a podcast as I possibly can. And I don't know where that leads me in the future, but I want to make sure that I'm learning and I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And I have a lot planned for future weeks. Um, because of the time constraints, I end up leaving a lot of segments out and a lot of that will be put out as bonus content to anyone who wants to see it so i'll be posting of course on tiktok a lot of people have found out about the show from that i'll be posting on instagram and i guess they're called instagram reels um so i'll be using those and i guess igtv is another way i can kind of put the i guess 10 to 15 minute long segments out there depending on whatever the topics are and then of course, I'll be posting a lot on YouTube. Um, a lot of people have been requesting um, a more visual, um, I guess, perspective of, of how I do this. Uh, obviously, you hear my audio and and you kind of get a idea of what I'm doing. But at the same time, you want to see me, you know, visually through video. So I'll, I'll definitely take care of that and, and I'll, I'll put those out for you to see. There's going to be a lot of behind-the-scenes content um, coming out in the near future just so, you know, people kind of learn more about the podcast and, and what I do. And we'll go from there. But uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. It's a good variety of topics once again. Um, all I can say is, is thank you a thousand times over. This wouldn't be happening without your support. So I, I truly appreciate everything that you guys are doing. And... I'll see you in next week's episode. Continue to spread love everywhere you go and in everything you do. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.